Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. And so today I want to talk about tongues of fire. I believe this will be the last sermon of uh, for this time. You know, I'm going to come back to it sometime. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I've done it a great justice. I've, I've preached this a lot in the last probably 10 years, but I haven't done it quite like this before. So I want you to be open, even if you hear some things that you've heard before. Amen. Amen. Be open to hear with fresh ears. So let me pray. Father God, I come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Baptize us afresh with revelation from on high. May we hear like we've never heard before. Give us fresh ears, fresh eyes, and a fresh perspective. Not only challenge us, but change us. Transform us spirit. He's the greater one. He lives on the inside of us. Along this lines about tongues, may we never get tired of it. But may we yield to the spirit of the living God in Jesus' name. Grant unto me, your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Father, I thank you. I am your son and I'm your slave. I belong to you. My mouth, I call my mouth the mouthpiece of God. I speak as the oracles of God to this people. I prophesy to the, these people, these your people, Father. I prophesy to them. I connect my tongue to my spirit and I Thank you for divine utterance, unfolding the mysteries of the gospel. Say this, Father God, grant unto me spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your, of your glory, your glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards me who believes? Thank you, Lord, that today I'll receive life-changing word, word of God for life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We, we, we're, we're, we don't teach people how to speak in tongues. We teach people how to yield to the Spirit. Amen? Amen. We, we help people to receive from the giver. Father God and Jesus, they are the giver. The Holy Spirit has come from heaven, and the Father and the Son has sent him to us. And we teach people how to yield. And the other day I was um, teaching Destin, he received the baptism at five, he's nine, so that's five years. He's received this wonderful baptism. And as I began to, you know, he, he, he gets in a rut. Some, sometimes people get in a rut, a, a, a rut um, spiritually speaking, in their tongue. Shama, 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 shama. And they just, they don't really yield to the spirit. They just say stuff. And I said, well, you got to connect your tongue to your spirit. I said, now yield to him. And, and, and so I said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, right? That, that's one of the things I pray for people when I'm praying to receive. Because the Bible says that in John, we saw that last week, out of your belly or out of your innermost being flow rivers, plural, of living water. Some of us are still on that one river that you got when you received the baptism. Jump in and flow in with the rivers of living water. There's more of the Holy Spirit than you have experienced. There's more of Jesus, more of the Father, more of the Word, more of the things in the Spirit that you, can only, you can't even imagine. He said he would do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So, Flo, so I, I began to teach him how to yield to the Spirit more. And as he yielded, his tongue changed. He says, Daddy, my tongue has changed. Yeah, yeah, come on. A little bit more. And out of his belly flow rivers. Amen. So I'm here to teach you how to yield to the spirit more. 
There's more to your prayer life than what you've been doing. <laughs> he wants to enhance your prayer life. You, you know, you pray a little bit, a little here and there, and that's good. But we, there's more to God. There's an adventure in God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus spoke. Let's, let's, let's go over there. Jesus spoke concerning um, two different experiences. He, one was in John 14 where he, he talks about the spirit coming inside as a result of being saved. And in Acts 1, uh, let's go to Acts 1. <clears throat> Acts 1. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of God wants to lead us and guide us in every area of our lives. The other day, I, I, I was in need of, um, I, I, I needed something, and I, I wanted to stop by the store, and, he, and they had to sell 85% off. Amen. 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 Yeah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen. Listen. He, 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 he wants to be in your lives more. He wants to give you details about your body about your mind, about what the triggers that triggers you, the things that get you upset, the things that cause you to yield to sin. He, he, he wants to lead you and guide you with your marriages, your, your singleness, how you deal with your children, how you deal with your employers, employees. He wants to deal with you. He wants to even deal with you concerning your community. Glory to God. And the other day, we, I don't know if you saw the children's room, <laughs> Uh, but it, we, we did some things to it. Uh, I, I, this is so crazy, but I took about three teenagers um, up to Nyack College, Christian College, the other day. And <clears throat> the deal was they was to give me gas money, and they were going to come by here and help straighten up the children's room. <laughs> and, of course, you know what I'm thinking, right? Mission. I'm on a mission. I don't do anything just to be doing it. I'm thinking about salvation. I'm thinking about how can I lead them to Christ. Not only that, but how can I lead them into the baptism? How can I disciple them? How can I help them before they go to college to have somewhat of foundation so they can be saved? So they can, at the end of the day, when life is all over, they can go and be with him forever. My goal on earth is to get as many people, saved and unsaved, close to him so they can be with him forever. And one of my mission statements when I was in Bible college, this is pretty radical. I said, I'm called to save the save. <laughs> and then they were like, what? <laughs> uh, that's just PD thinking real deep. <laughs> but I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I always think about, I never friend someone to just be friends with them. I never just get close to a relative just to be close to them. Oh, we just close. Uh, that does nothing for me. <laughs> I, 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 it might do something. I'm not emotionally, yeah, you know, that might do something emotionally, but I'm talking about I'm always on a mission. Um, every song that I play, not self, you know, I play secular songs. So even the secular songs has got a mission to it. It, it, has, it may not necessarily do with Jesus. <laughs> when, we, when I'm cooking, I might not be, you know, playing that to get everybody closer. But if I play a song, I, I, I'm kind of, you know, for the most part, you in my car, I, you know, I, I'm doing something on purpose so you can hear something. You know, I'm making my kids watch VeggieTales on most of the Sundays, um, at least half of the Sundays, on purpose. You know, I'm not, if I give you a book, I'm not giving you a book so you can just collect books. These are books from PD. The great PD, he used to give me books. <laughs> and you have collections of books that you never read. I mean, I'm not, I'm doing something, I'm, it's missional, right? Whole life been like that. And so, I wanted these young men to, to experience Jesus. And a young lady came by the church and, and, and she's like, are you renting the building? Because we had the door open. We, were, we got rid of a bunch of stuff. The guy downstairs, we gave him a bunch of stuff. And Alfred, Alfred was here. He was like, you know, he's just going to sell it, right? I said, I don't care. We're going to bless him real good. Let him sell something. You know, and we blessed him with a bunch of stuff that we weren't going to use. Either it was going to throw it in the garbage or give it to him. So I gave it to him. And so a young lady came by, and she didn't speak English. She spoke Spanish. And one of the young men who 
um, just recently dedicated his life to the Lord that was with me, and he was interpreting for me. Had some tracks in Spanish about the new birth and what, what about your life? May I ask you a question? And I gave it to her, and she was so grateful. I'm telling you, God is, a, is about the salvation of the world. Your tongue is about the salvation of the world. It's not about you feeling good when you speak in tongues. Some Pentecostals, they only speak in tongues when they feel good or when there's a high service or they're emotional. I feel like saying, and, and don't ever repeat this, but I feel like let me hit you with a hammer so you can be emotional so you can speak in tongues. If you knew what it did for you, you would do more of it. Acts chapter 1 verse 5 says this. It says, for John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, but not many days from now. They had already received the Spirit based on John chapter 14 verse 17, but now they were about to be baptized. Verse 8 says this, and you will receive what? Power, dunamis, power, when the Spirit of God has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He did not give us the Holy Spirit for us to live a life that does not reflect his resurrection. Amen? He gave us the Holy Spirit for a purpose. He gave you tongues first thing that he did, he came after your tongue when he filled you. Speaking in tongues is the initial evidence. Great debate over it, but I don't care. Um, initial evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence of the infilling of the Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So the first thing that he does is change your tongue. He goes after your tongue. We see from Isaiah 6, how Isaiah, you know, realized he was a sinful person, and the first thing that the angel did was to, he wanted to touch his tongue. God wants to change your tongue. In the book of James, it says that the tongue is, is an unruly member, and the tongue controls the body. Your tongue is powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God used his word to change the world. And we use our word, words to change the world. Our world. The tongue. The tongue. So speaking in tongues has a whole lot more to do with the master call and the master will or the master's plan for the entire world. When you connect your tongue to your spirit, you're praying concerning not only your individual needs, but you're, you're praying for the coming of Jesus. That, that Doesn't that put another spin on speaking in tongues? It's not a, just about you being edified spiritually only, but he's after the world. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, let's go Romans 8. Romans 8. Tongues of fire. When, when they receive, the, the, the earlier church received this baptism on the day of Pentecost, uh, you almost have to clarify what, you know, I don't, I don't identify myself a lot of times publicly as Pentecostal because that, people have associated that with bondage or legalism. Uh, you, that means your wife doesn't wear makeup. <laughs> she doesn't wear pants and you don't wear jewelry except for your, your wedding band. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm very careful because there's different ideologies concerning Pentecostal. You know, if you're Pentecost, that means you shout. I do shout. But, but don't, don't allocate my life as somebody who's shouting in church and speaking in tongues at that time. When I say Pentecostal, I'm talking about someone who's received the infilling of the Spirit and who speaks in tongues daily. What's the, let me ask you a question. What's the use of speaking in tongues only once, or every now and then. Tongues is for this dispensation, now. It's only for now. You're not going to need to receive the baptism when you go to heaven. All right, uh, Romans chapter 8, let's look at verses 14 through 16. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage, 
slavery to back into fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That we are children of God and then children and then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So we see here that the spirit of God has been given to us to bear witness with us that we are children of God. How do you know you're a child of God? Is you have the inner witness on the inside of you. Not only have you made a confession of your faith, that's the first step, right? You believe in your heart, what? Come on, repeat, finish it. You believe in your heart that what? That God raised Christ from the dead. And that you confess with your mouth what? That Jesus is Lord. For with the heart man believes, or one believes, unto salvation, or righteousness, righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Christianity is called the great confession. So your confession, it does matter what you say. You can't say that Jesus is Lord unless by the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12. So unless you confess, 1 John, unless you confess that Jesus has come in the flesh, you, you cannot be saved. You are under, of the spirit of Antichrist. I had an aunt who, who uh, at the time, she, she was, um, had some mental challenges. And I, one time I talked to her over the phone, and I was telling her about Jesus. I said, you want to receive Jesus? She said, yes. And I just felt impressed of the Lord, felt, when I say felt, I had an impression from the Lord to have her confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. And when I began to tell her to repeat after me that Jesus is coming, oh, no, 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 he has not come in the flesh. I said, devil, you're a liar. Come out of her now. I bind you. <laughs> and then she says, he has come in the flesh. And she died a few years ago. And now she's home glory, even though mentally she was sick. The Lord knew what he was doing. And I was blessed to do her eulogy and, and, and talk about, I didn't, of course, use those types of terms, her children, their grandchildren, but I also was able to share that she, I, that she confessed the, that Jesus, is, Jesus Christ is coming to play. He says, the spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. The Bible calls, there's three things if you're taking notes. The Bible calls the new birth experience the following things. One, it talks about receiving Christ. John chapter 1 verse 12, receiving Christ. Number two, receiving eternal life. 1 John 5 11, receiving eternal life. And number three, receiving forgiveness of sins. Acts 26, verse 18, receiving forgiveness of sins. So I, I love the phrase receiving Christ. Christianity is about receiving what God has already done for us. It's not about God doing it for us. It's about receiving what he's already done. I used to hear and, and read this term that God has already done all that he's going to do. And I used to be angry at that term. But now that I'm a little older in the faith, I understand it was about receiving what he's done. How do I receive the grace? How do I receive the salvation? How do I receive healing? How do I receive the Holy Spirit? How do I receive understanding? How do I receive the gifts of the Spirit? How do I receive the fruit of the Spirit? You, how many know you have to receive the fruit of the Spirit? When you, you, I'm telling you, the Bible says in Romans 5, let's go there, sorry. Romans 5. And let's look at verse 5. Romans 5, verse 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out, has been poured into our what? Hearts through who? Holy Spirit, who has, who has what? Given to. You have been given the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't, this is going to be controversial. You don't need to pray for more love. You don't need to pray for more love. You, you have all the love that you, have, you need. 
You need to grow in that love, grow in the understanding of that love. You need to, 1 John says, you need to know, you need to believe it and receive the love that he has for you. So I don't need to grow, I don't I need to get more love for the, in the fruit of the Spirit. I need to cultivate the love that I have and release it. Are you with me? I don't need more patience. I need to cultivate the patience that I have because all nine of the fruit of the Spirit was placed inside of you when you got born again. Man, that changes a whole lot. Some people up there, I need to up, I need to get more fruit. Lord, give me more patience. Give me more love. Give me more joy. No, you need to cultivate what is inside of you. It, and, and, and this is another controversial statement. The fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, is the fruit of the recreated, born-again spirit. It is evidence that you are born again. Daddy Seymour, William Seymour, who started Azusa in 1906, my hero, he actually said this. He says, one of the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit is you have love. And he spoke in tongues more than us. One time, I remember being a teenager, I read, I snuck and got my dad's, um, um, he had a, uh, uh, I need to find where he's at. Um, he had a sermons of Daddy Seymour. And William Seymour, that's the one-eyed black man who was a catalyst for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be poured out into the rest of the nations. At a time where Jim Crow law was in place, there were white people coming to hear this one-eyed black man preaching about the baptism. He went to Bible college in Topeka, Topeka, Kansas, Topeka, Kansas. And he wasn't allowed to be in the Bible college because of the color of his skin. And most of us would have stopped there and left. He sat outside of the college to get the knowledge about this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then he took it back to Azusa, or took it to Azusa Street in L.A., Los Angeles, and he began to pray with a handful full of saints. He was praying eight hours. And I read in my dad's um, sermons of his that he was praying eight hours a day. And he said, he heard the Spirit says, you need to pray more. <laughs> he went from, some of y'all can't pray an hour a day with tongues. Um, he went from praying eight hours, and he, he added two more hours to it. Then he added two more hours. He was praying up to 12 hours a day. And sometimes he would preach with a bag over his head because he didn't want people to see him. Sometimes he would preach with a little cart with his head in a cart because he didn't want people to see. But people from all around the world came to hear and to experience the Holy Spirit through this man. And he said the fruit of a person baptized in the Holy Spirit is love. You have that love inside of you. He says, the love of God has been shed, King James, ESV, poured into your hearts, our hearts, through the Holy Spirit. I experienced this the other day. I was, there was something that was said. I was talking to an individual, and I started to get angry. Felt my blood pressure rising. I felt the old Wayne rising on the inside. The one that used to, who cussed out his principal. The one who used to fight at the drop of a pen. The one who, who used to cuss, didn't know how to cuss. I felt him rising. And I, I, I began to stop myself as the person was talking. And I began to pray in tongues under my breath. And all of a sudden, the love of God shed it, um, filled me, and, and began to flood my soul. And I calmed down. Just because the temptation to yield to your anger is there doesn't mean you have to yield to it. Just because you feel like cussing doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you don't have the Holy Spirit. Just don't yield to it. Every day we have to yield. Even though the, the one that we consider the most mature in the faith is tempted like you and I. Jesus, who is 100% God and 100% man, he was tempted in all ways that we are. 
He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what it means to be a human. He knows the stress of this, this fallen world. The temptation to, to complain. The temptation to, to, to yield to the, 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 spirit, the law of, the, of sin and death. And yet he sinned not. I began to pray in the spirit and the love of God began to share it in my heart. Sometimes you want to go off on your children, off on your spouse, off on your co-worker, pray in the Holy Ghost. And that love will begin to flood your soul. And the wisdom will come. And the wisdom came for me dealing with that individual. It says, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Spirit of peace came upon me. The fruit of the Spirit is inside. Let's go there. Galatians 5. <laughs> none of this is in my notes. I, I, sometimes I look at this, but none of what I'm saying is in there. It's just a temptation to do that. Uh, Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5. All right, are you getting anything out of this? Thank you, Lord. I'm amazed at the Spirit of the living God. Tongues is a constant reminder of the spirits indwelling. You can remind yourself. He's inside. I'm taking him everywhere. The ever abiding presence of the spirit of God is inside of us. He lives inside of us. Wherever I go, he's there. I bring him with me. Galatians chapter 5. As you see, um, it talks about um, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of your flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposite to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, <clears throat> when translators are translating from Greek into the New Testament, um, they're limited, and sometimes the sometimes we're at the mercy of the translators, right? And sometimes they capitalize spirit when it should not be capitalized. And this has been <laughs> preached as if it was the Holy Spirit that this this Paul is talking about. But but I say, walk by the Spirit. Was he talking about walking by the Holy Spirit? Or was he talking about walking by the new spirit that's inside of you? The recreated spirit. When you and I got born again, what, what's, what's the part of us that got born again? Your spirit, not your soul. I know we could talk about eight souls got saved last night. Well, it was actually eight spirits received the salvation that's in Christ. They're not saved in that sense. Um, the, the Bible talks about the saving of the soul. James, receive the engrafted word of God which is able to save your soul. So your spirit got saved. When you receive Christ, the spirit became born again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. So what passed away? Your old nature. Come on. Christianity 101. Your, your, soul, if you, your soul is your mind, your intellect, your emotions, your personality. That if you, if, you, if you had dirty thoughts before you got saved, most likely you still got those dirty thoughts. If you have yellow teeth before you got saved, you got yellow teeth after you got saved. If you bald before you got saved, you bald after you got saved. Come on. Right? That, that hasn't changed. What changed was your spirit, man. Now the spirit of God comes inside and makes you alive. At one point, you were separated from God. You were dead in your sins and transgressions. And now the Spirit of God has applied the finished work of Jesus to your spirit. And now you are born again. The word born again means to be born from up above. Born anew for the Spirit of God to come inside and make you alive. Now you can say, Abba, Father. He's God to the world, but he's Father to the Christian. Abba, Abba, Father, Father, I have received the 
spirit of adoption. I receive the spirit of Christ that cries, Abba, Daddy, Father, God, I need you. You're my Father. I'm related to you. He, he's the Father of my spirit. And if we'll ever learn how to walk by our new nature, our new spirit, we'll change our world. Most Christians, they get saved, and they receive the forgiveness of sins. They, they, the Holy Spirit comes inside, and, and, and they, they got their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But there is still no change. <laughs> it's, 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 see, the, so Spirit of God begins to work on your mind, the renewing of the mind. So your soul is not saved at the moment you receive Jesus. Your soul is starting the process as you take the word. And you hear the word, and that word changes your mindset, changes your way of thinking. That's why somebody who's dealing with same sex or is a homosexual come down and pray a prayer and receive Christ, they still may have that same temptation inside because it's a mind renewal issue. Come on. You got to get that mind change. If the, some Christians, they're saved, but they're still living like they don't know Jesus. It's a mind issue. We got to get, get word in them. We got to teach them to yield to that new nature. So it says, if you walk by the spirit, I believe it's talking about the recreated spirit, you will not gratify the lust of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the, spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit against your flesh. Because who's going to win? It's, he's talking about your new nature, your recreated spirit against your flesh. Let's continue. And then the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Did my light go out? That's good. Um, these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So your recreated spirit and your sinful flesh are against odds, are at odds. They're fighting. There's a war going on. Not just with the devil, but with your flesh. Are you with me? When you got born again, now there's a war. And whoever wins the war, the battle, will get victory that day. <laughs> you know, one minute you could be praying in the spirit. Don't, don't act like you haven't done this. And you mind your own business. You praying and you loving on Jesus. And your kids come and kids drop the milk or something and you want to cuss. Am I the only one? <laughs> And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> Jesus, 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 what happened? One minute, that's, that, could show, that should show us how Peter, one minute he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then when Jesus reveals the will of God to him, he says, wait a minute, no, 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 you won't go to the cross. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. This God uses our spirits to lead us. And the devil uses our flesh to lead us. There are many Christians who are led by the, by the flesh. Give you an example. There was a pressure before the pandemic. Everybody wanted a new building because we were growing, growing, growing. Everybody wanted a new building. Oh, we were going to move. We were going to move. Every week I heard that same question over and over and over again. The pressure was, let's, let's just get something. I'm like, no. I, in my spirit, I was like, nope. Nope, nope. I didn't outwardly. I said, it's not time. I was just like, nope. Pandemic happened. Guess what? We had a new building with mortgage payment and nobody in it. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know anything about PD. Some of y'all getting to know me. I take my time. I'm slow. <laughs> ministers who have never been licensed. We got ministers who have never been ordained. I take my time. I'm slow. Courtney be like, come on, honey. I'm like, nah, let's just wait. I, I mean, I just, I just, I, and, and I remember dealing with teenagers and even adults. <laughs> Listen, and, and nobody could see stuff in them, but I saw things in them. And I was like, why are you dealing with this nappy head person? <laughs> you know, why, why, why? And I'm like, I see something. I see something. 
uh, uh, why are you going after this? I see something. Uh, I, I, I just I take my time. Why? It's better to be behind the Lord than to be in front of him. It could be God, but if you're out of timing, you can mess it up. It's better to be behind the Lord than in front of him, but the ultimate goal is to be with him, to walk with him. Amen. I took my time when I married my wife. We were engaged for almost two years. I don't suggest that, by the way. I don't suggest that. But I'm just saying, like, I just took my time. I mean, I never heard the Lord say, Courtney is your wife. I know all these preachers and all these deep saints. They said the Lord revealed to them their spouse. I didn't hear a word. It was the opposite. I heard nothing. I had peace about her. I took her to my parents. I took her to my pastor and his wife. I took her to spiritual leaders, and I want, and I took her around some kids. Tell me what you think about this girl. And if, if one of them would have had a question, it would have even made me like, mm, I don't know. And she took me around her parents, her pastor, come on, and asked for my tithing giving for the last two years. <laughs> oh, you know, if you're not tithing, this is a no-go. This is non-negotiable. We are not getting married. Not going to get this. Yeah. It, I had to produce. Y'all heard me tell that story before. And so I think it's, it's, it, we, we need to learn how to walk by the Spirit. And not, yes, by the Holy Spirit. Yes, that sounds good in religion. But by the inner witness, by the Spirit. The Spirit of God is inside of your spirit. When you pray in tongues, it's not the Holy Spirit pray, per se praying. It's your spirit praying. I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with my understanding. When, my, when he that speaks in the tongues, uh, it's his spirit that's praying. Tongues is the language of your spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you utterance in your spirit, but your spirit is doing the praying. That's how you can have somebody praying. In tongues, in the flesh, or in um, out of order. In the middle of the service, well, where's the spirit? Because the moment that person decides to pray in tongues, it's their spirit praying, but it was out of order. Right? Well, if it's the spirit, then don't the spirit control? No, the spirit is subject to the prophet, subject to the individual. Sometimes I can get in prayer and I can prophesy everybody's whole life. But just because I can do that, I don't mean I need to do it. If you get in the spirit of prayer long enough, God is show, showing you stuff, and I can go, I can go in. You get to a place you just want to, you just you get stuff by the spirit. But everything you get, you shouldn't share, and shouldn't speak out. Just because it comes to you doesn't mean it's God. <laughs> hey, I'm teaching somebody today. I mean, I'm telling you that every time I pray, and I in the, I'm in the spirit praying. Get something. But it's not always I need to share it. Some prayer meetings become prophetic meetings. You go from praying to prophesying to everybody. All three of y'all. <laughs> and the Lord said, and the Lord said, and the Lord, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought we were supposed to be praying. We gotta be careful. Not making prayer meetings into prophesying meetings. Are you with me? <laughs> we're there to pray. There's a purpose for the meeting. If God speaks to us, let, let's, let's yield to him, but let's make sure it's God and not just us wanting to share what the Lord is dealing with us about. All right. Uh, Romans 8, I mean Galatians 5, it says, for the desires of the flesh, it goes on, and let's jump down to verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you will not, um, you're not under the law. And it lists, lists the works of the flesh. What's the work of, works of the flesh? Sexual immorality. Impurity. It goes on. Idolatry, jealousy, jealousy, fits of anger. <laughs> it's not. It's not always a spirit. People make try to make it, all these. It's really the works of the flesh, and they just oh, that's a devil. You got an angry devil. You got a bitter devil. How many have heard that? I grew up in a deliverance church, and every Sunday night we had deliverance meetings. Uh, there, there, we spent a lot of money on paper towels. We had buckets. People would throw up, and, and people levitated, levitating and, uh, at Sunday night, and they're like, no. I heard voices, and people, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Every Sunday night, deliverance, one-on-one, every Sunday night, and most of it was the flesh. 
instead of getting delivered, most of them got devils. So all this, this it's, 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 it's a wave, right? It goes and comes, a wave of deliverance. And all of a sudden, everybody's into deliverance. Oh, you need a devil cast out of you. Oh, I mean, I, I get what they're saying, but not every Christian needs to have a devil cast out of them. When they got born again, the, the, those devils left. And if there is a spirit there, they need to know, learn how to resist it. Right? And I do believe in deliverance. I do cast out devils. But not everything is a devil. Some things, some things is the flesh. You yielding to your flesh. I just can't help it. I just had to cuss. No, you wanted to cuss. Right? Right? It's easy to blame the devil. The devil made me do it. Flip Wilson. And I, I had never seen one show of his. I just remember preachers saying that growing up. I had to go on YouTube the other day to see who is this Flip Wilson. <laughs> True story. All right, let's continue. So he lists all the envy and drunkenness and orgies. I mean, you tell today, oh, you got a hundred devils. If you doing that, these warn you before <laughs> that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to this. But the fruit of the spirit. Realize they capitalized it. The fruit of the recreated spirit. Notice it said fruit. It didn't say fruits, plural. In the Greek, it's not a plural. The fruit of the spirit is. I want to submit to you, there's only one fruit of the spirit. And the fruit is love. The, the evidence that you're born again is you have love. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. You cannot say that you love God and hate your brother. You are not. The spirit of God, eternal life does not dwell in that person. The fruit of the spirit. And from love, this fruit is, there's clusters of this fruit. Uh, different sides of this fruit, fruit. And love, joy. So love, I believe, is the fruit and everything else comes from love. And it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the recreated spirit. How do you know you're born again? Because you got love in your heart. One point, you cannot say you, you're born again and have and say that you hate your mother-in-law. Something is wrong. You may say that, but if you're really born again, deep down inside, you know that you have love for that person. There is no hatred in Christ. Come on. You cannot truly hate someone and be born again. And if you do, then you're really not born again. You don't have the same Christ. God is love. And when he comes inside, he brings love inside of you. And so he is the father of love, and he has produced children of love. Are you with me? So the fruit of the Spirit. And so notice Paul is, is putting at oppositions the works of the flesh and the works of the recreated spirit. Somebody said, oh, it doesn't say recreated spirit. But if you read it in context, you see that he's talking about some other spirit than the Holy Spirit. When it, sometimes when he's saying spirit, he's not necessarily referring to the Holy Spirit. He's refer, referring to the recreated spirit, the born-again spirit. Amen? Amen. So what does this have to do with tongues? Everything. Everything. Let me, let me just give you this before I let you go. Holy Spirit is a gift from God. He is a gift from God. And James 1, 17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. You should want him and everything that he brings with him. You should want him. He is the spirit of love. He's the spirit of grace. You should want him. You should desire him. We need to be filled with him again and again and again and again. You should pray that the Lord fills you every day. Lord, fill me. There's one initial infilling, and there's many refillings. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We can be filled with the flesh often, right? So how, there's not a lot of people filled with the Spirit of God on a regular basis. Amen. Number two, he enables us to fulfill the Great Commission. Shame on us for trying to do ministry without him. 
Spirit of God is not empowering us with our ministry. We are laboring in vain. Ministry doesn't work for him. Making, having people make a decision and, and signing a card and say they got born again doesn't mean they're born again. We need a so enough born again experience. Come on. <laughs> we, we, there's too many false converts. Too many people saying a prayer and not no change. We need the Holy Ghost. And, and I'm, as I get, as I'm studying, I'm doing a whole study on um, Azusa and, and Daddy Seymour and, um, and some of the great revivalists back in the day. And when they talked about tearing for the Holy Spirit, we know we don't have to tarry, right? Back in the day in certain denominations, they would tarry all night, Jesus is Jesus. But I think what thing that we missed is they were, they were trying to get themselves ready to receive him. I think that we rushed the process of people getting born again. I think that we, we don't give full births. We, I think we abort a lot of people. We don't take the time to walk with them and to explain what it means to be born again. I heard this from the late Dr. Miles Moreau. Actually, no. I heard this from Ron Luce, who was um, over Team Mania and Global Exposition, and um, who might be coming to see us soon. Um, and he, he said this. Certain countries, they have different gods. In India, they have many gods. And he says, you tell them, Receive Jesus, accept Jesus, and what happens is add Jesus to their collection of gods. We do the same thing over here. We tell people to get born again. They come and say a prayer. You know I'm not against the prayer, the sinner's prayer. But we want to make sure. That's why I had the young man says, what are you here for? I, 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 gave, I used to give out, and sometimes I still do, and people getting saved. I said, you cry out and you ask the Lord to save you. Don't just repeat after me. If you really want this, you, I don't know how to pray. You, how bad do you want it? I remember being in the car with a young man who, um, at Enterprise, and I was leading him to Christ. I said, now you ask Jesus to save you. He's in the car, in the car crying, and he said, Jesus, save me. That's all he knew, and he asked Jesus to save him. And then I took him through a sinner's prayer. We have to get people to a place where they're truly born again. Otherwise, they have this false ideology that they are saved. I, I say this, I've said this in the past, but I haven't said it recently. The, dangerous, the most dangerous place you can be is to believe that you're saved when you're not. To really believe that you're born again. How many people will stand before the Lord and say, I thought I knew you. You my dude. You my homeboy. And he says, I don't know you. Depart from me. You wicked servant of the enemy and enter into everlasting punishment. You don't want those words. Jesus, the Apostle Paul, Jesus through the Apostle Paul says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. These tongues are not, I'm telling you, we got, before I pray for somebody to receive the baptism, I lead them into the sinner's prayer so they can receive the Holy Spirit. Because if they're not born again, they may receive another spirit. Are you with me? We don't want to add collection. So he's, he's been sent to help us to fulfill the Great Commission. You, don't, you want to make sure you have the fullness of the Spirit before you go into ministry. You do not want to, and some may leave here and go to other churches. And I want to submit to you that when you do that, Make sure your pastor is a tither and a woman of the word, and they pray in the spirit. I sat down the other day, and the scripture says, I thank my God, I pray in tongues for you and you all. It reminded me, and I believe that this is from the Lord, that the pastor should pray in tongues more than anybody else in that congregation. I would not. Submit myself to a man or a woman who did not pray in the spirit on a regular basis because I'm subject to their flesh now. And if they're not given, why should I follow them? Come on. 
If they're not faithful to their spouse, why should I follow them? You should not look at, you should not be under somebody who, who's yielding to the flesh. Because they're going to lead you to how to yield to the flesh. I don't know. Who's that for? All right. Let me, real quick. Um, all right. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to remind you of this, this right here, this, the, the thing I shared last week. Um, speaking in tongues pulls us ahead into uncharted territory. God's future in the future. When we pray, pray in the spirit, tongues of fire, he's going after things that are in our lives. What's stopping us from receiving everything that God has for us? We have limits. We have ceilings over our lives because of sin. And when you pray in the spirit daily, Spirit of God goes after. If, you don't, if you're not a person that reads your Bible on a regular basis and you go to pray in tongues, I am almost certain the Spirit of God is praying that you will get a desire to, pray in tongue, to read the Bible. If you are praying in tongues and you don't go to church and not part of church, I am almost certain the Spirit of God is, is, is praying that you have a desire to go to church. An example of this, my cousin, who's more like my sister, her, her brother, I mean her her mother and my father um, were whole brothers and sisters, whole brother and sister, and they were closer than thieves, <laughs> inseparable. Did not know that growing up, her and I became close. Um, and so one day she was praying, praying in tongues. She wasn't part of a church. And she says, I had a vision. And in the vision, it was in neon light, lights, church, thing that means. Go get your butt and go to church. Go to church. Get your butt up and go to church. She's like, duh. She said, what? She thought she wanted some deep insight. I said, that just means you need to go to church. She got her butt up. I helped her find a church. She got a part of the church and became a minister in that church over time. Amen. And she's a powerful woman of God. Flows in the Holy Ghost. I mean, just anointed. And I had the privilege of assisting in and leading her to Christ and leading her into the baptism. Her, her husband, her mom, her stepfather, her kids. Her kids lived with me for three months and during the summer one year. And they came back preaching to everybody. <laughs> Say, you, you know, stop smoking marijuana. You're going to hell. You need to get saved. And they were preaching. Were preaching. Had, them, had the kids in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, and Friday night. <laughs> Man, and they are all serving the Lord. <laughs> Do you understand that? Like, and just, just amazing. But she had that vision. Spirit of God, if you're not treating your spouse right, and you're praying in tongues, Spirit of God's like, Lord, deal with their hearts. Lord, give them repentance. Not dealing with your kids right. Deal with your kids. Come on. He's praying. You're not dealing with your employer. I don't know. I will, sometimes I have the Spirit of God tells me, tell me, He'll tell me, give God thanks. You just prayed about that. Give thanks. That's a scripture in everything. Give thanks, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. Um, go and apologize. It's, it can be challenging for me as a man to apologize to my wife. Come on. Affirm your sons. Affirm your mom. Affirm your dog. Come on, for real. He will deal with you. He, will, he wants to get involved the way that you, you, you dealt with that person. Um, Spirit of God will deal with you about little stuff. And it's not like you're always hearing a voice. Get that out of your head. It's just a prompting, a thought, like a holy thought. You know, apologize. You know, give God thanks. Come on, stop listening to that. Come on, uh, you, you, you're, doing, you're doing too much. I had the Spirit of God tell me one time when I was praying, shut up. He used the word shut up. He said, shut up. Because I was talking too much. You know, so you be sensitive to him. Pray in the Spirit. Sometimes he says, now pray in this, with the understanding. Now interpret. He'll lead me to interpret with my tongue to myself. How I many know he, he will lead us into praise? The perfect praise. Where it's not dry. And it's just not your emotions wanting to go through the motions. I love you, Lord. I love you. 
There's no one greater than you. Oh, and it's so dry and so dead, it's religion. Sometimes you could be seeking God so much you're seeking in the flesh that you miss him when he shows up. You can't get this thing through your flesh. You can't reach out to God through your flesh. You know, sometimes people want to dance. They, they try to bring him down. <laughs> they want him manifested. Or they want to be loud. Lord, I love you. And they think the louder they get, that he, he's going to come. He comes if your heart is loud. He comes if your posture is, hum, is loud with humility. He comes when you, you, when you act right. Come on. When you do right. When you love, when you feel like being hateful. He comes when you, when you show kindness. When you don't complain, he comes. So it's not the, the, the physical, like you're trying to do something. Let me turn the music up. Let, let me turn Maverick up. Let me, let me turn something that, you know, something that's, that, that creates the atmosphere. You create the atmosphere in your heart. Because it could be the wrong atmosphere out here, but if the atmosphere is right in your heart, he'll lead you and guide you. Even in a hostile environment. He'll lead you into that hostile environment so that you can bring your peace. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Pray that everyone would walk away from this with a greater understanding of the importance of praying in the spirit. I pray that we'll yield ourselves to the spirit of God more sometimes to not help, not help. It's not always fruitful to help everybody who needs help. Sometimes it's you're enabling them to remain in their condition. Don't be quick to always give to everybody who asks, whether it's money, time, or energy. And sometimes, this, this, this is wild, but sometimes he'll lead you not to pray for somebody. Yeah, he was just like, no. Mm-mm. I remember one time the minister was mentor of mine, he was praying this individual always having problems like all kinds of problems financially financially, um, health wise and this is a man of faith and he went to go pray um, for them to get healed and to be their needs to be met the Lord says to him stop it he says okay um like, what's up? And the Spirit of the Lord says, I've dealt with this individual for years to get in church and be faithful and to find a job and stay on it. Sometimes it's not fruitful to immediately go into a mindset to pray for what the person wants you to pray for. Healing, provision. Sometimes there's other things at work in them that needs to be adjusted before that can even happen. Are, are, are you hearing me? That doesn't mean not to pray for healing. That's a, you do pray for healing. You do pray, but sometimes it's, my dad was real good at this. People come for a prayer, and they will say, oh, I need my husband to do this. I need my wife to do this. I need this. And most of the time, I didn't listen to what they wanted prayer for, but I prayed for what the Spirit gave me. We have to do that. Don't be so quick to pray. Agree with everybody who needs prayer agreement for something specific. Because maybe it's not in the, uh, I, I, I remember one time I was praying. I, I was in this program and called a friend of mine and a man of faith. I don't have a lot of friends that that's full of faith. I, I just don't. Um, I, I can't. Talk to them on the same level. They, they won't pray, Lord, let it be your will. <laughs> I'm like, it is his will. <laughs> they'll call you when I'm sick because <laughs> you're going to pray me right out of this earth. <laughs> Lord, let, let it be your will. Let them die. <laughs> For real. 
So, so I prayed. I had he, he so he wasn't in, quick to like just agree with me about favor with this one situation I was in. He said, "I'm gonna pray for the will of God to be done," and and that was appropriate. And it was not God's will for me to stay in that. Sometimes you gotta be careful about following favor. Lord, I pray, pray for favor for me. Maybe you don't need favor. You know, maybe, maybe you need, you know, you need to be redirected. Maybe you do need that rejection to, in order to launch that business or to go that other direction. Are, are, are you with me? All right, so just be sensitive. Thank you. It was a privilege today to serve you. I pray that it added value to you. Um, totally unscript. None of this, like most of the stuff wasn't in my notes and, and I just, um, let, let me just tell you this one story. I just feel impressed to tell you. So the same mentor, he, he was, lady had called and wanted prayer because she, she got robbed. And she said, every day I claim Psalm 91. <laughs> and I confess that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And so she's like, I don't understand what happened. I end up getting robbed in up on in this area of town and end up getting robbed. <laughs> so the the man of God said, um, when you did the Lord tell you not to go there? And he said, she said, well actually he did. I, I sensed that I wasn't supposed to go that direction. <laughs> and she ended up going, ended up the wrong side of town and ended up getting robbed. So is you heard me say this. It's not, let me just make all these confessions. Because that's formula. That's not faith. And let me shama a little bit on my confession and expect God to do something. It's learning to follow the Spirit. Faith really works when the Spirit of God leads. It's not just, I don't believe in affirmation. Let me make some affirmations this morning. Today's going to be a good day. The Lord is with me. Oh, yes. I'm affirming. Let me command my day. He may lead you in the wilderness. I always get this. I prayed an hour in tongues, and all hell broke loose. Welcome. Welcome. That's good. Because if you didn't pray, you wouldn't be prepared for it. He doesn't always deliver you from a situation. He'll deliver you through it. Sometimes you need to go through it because you don't know what's inside. Until you're in the fire. All that stuff comes out and you're like, oh my God. Like, I didn't know. I thought, single people be so gullible. Oh, I just love the Lord. Oh, but your true Christianity is tested in marriage. That's why you need to come to small groups. (laughs) I'm telling you, you're like, oh, Lord, this is, I didn't expect this. Who, and wait till five years goes by. Who did I marry? How, How many, I mean, we we been honest. How many of y'all, after like a few years into the marriage, you was like, I, I don't know this person. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Okay. <laughs> like, what in the world? Like, who did I marry the daughter of Frankenstein? <laughs> like, like, and she's like, did I marry the seed of Satan? Like, I mean, I, I can imagine that's what my wife is saying. Like, that's why we gotta come. I got my books this this book this week, the two books this week. So you need to get on it. But I'm telling you. Uh, and then people like, like they go, you know, I do premarital counseling, right? And so they go through this premarital counseling thinking that everything, and it's just like, listen, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to prepare you, this, and then they get mad at me because you didn't tell me. I can't tell you everything in premarital counseling, right? <laughs> I mean, just, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing can prepare you for marriage. Like, you just, I mean, you know, there's things, thank God, through wisdom and premarital and books. But when you're in it, you're like, oh, did I make a mistake? Did I really? That's why you got to get quick. Oh, God, you know, the people like, the Lord told me to marry this person. And 20 years later, they divorced. So what happened to the Lord? (laughs) The Lord told you to marry this person. But then what happened? What Divorce. Where was the Lord? The Lord told me to have these kids, and now you're stressing, and you're like, God, really? 
Somebody better come get the mic. <laughs> Let me drop the mic. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.